You have never seen any player in the entire country play as hard as I will play the rest of the season. I never feared about my skills, you know, because I put in the work. They haven't even figured out which foot to use as a pivot foot, and they're going to act like they're really good players. All right, so this is what we're going to do. Uh, we got this thing called uh, Dad's First, Fan Second. My friend James and I are both dads first and fans second. James? Well, we're both recent dads um, and uh, to two young, beautiful baby boys. And uh, I'm pretty excited to just get on the microphone and kind of meditate on how we can create a better, a better world for our uh, two young sons. And we're going to talk some sports, too, huh? Well, I think that the world kind of <clears throat> takes its uh, – sports provide a metric, you know, for the world. Um, so sports go, so go the world. And uh, if we want our sons to come up <clears throat> and become good men, I think always – I think it really does start men with uh, their athletic pursuits. I mean, that's why we are where we are right now. You know, I we both – I'm sure we both had some coaches um, – Coach Graham was a huge one of mine. He 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 drill my ass. I'll tell you that much. He'd ride you till till the cows came home, but you're better for it. We both are. We didn't get off those two days in the summer until we were bleeding, sweating, and crying. And it wasn't just summer either. It was fall. It was winter. And hell, it was even sometimes a little bit in the spring. Well, you know, so we got some sports topics lined up. We want to hit on, kind of give you the uh, the dad take um uh but also before we do anything uh we have to mention something that happened 11 years ago today i think you know what i'm talking about james i do i do um it was early in the morning on january 15 2009 that uh usa flight 1549 took off from laguardia and it was going over the hudson and hit a flock of birds and that sucker started going down. Lost both engines. Bam, bam. 150 souls on board, James. Luckily, the guy at the cockpit was a guy named Sully Sullenberger. And Mr. Sol... Sorry, I get a little choked up on this. Sully did not panic. He did not do anything brash. He just said those words that are going to you know, be remembered forever. She'll be in the Hudson. And you know what, James? That flight took off 150 souls. And 150 souls walked away that day. That's a hero right there. Mm-hmm. I think it goes back to coaching, because I'd love to talk to Sully's high school football coach just to see uh, oh, yeah. what type of man he is. I'd love a little report on uh, just on how hard he worked, what time he arrived to practice, um, and what time, he arrived, what, what time he arrived on game day as well. Oh, yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, James, I bet that coach rode his ass, and I bet Sully hated him. But you know what? After he graduated, I bet Sully came back to me and said, Coach, I'm a man now because of you. Um, so let, let's get into some sports stories. So this is me mostly a sports podcast, but obviously there's sometimes there's events right. like, you know, the Miracle on the Hudson 11th anniversary that we have to mention. 11 years strong. Okay, so yeah, let's let's talk sports. Um, so the Titans go into Baltimore. Everyone counted them out. 
seven-point underdogs. They go in. They run the ball, I don't know, 40, 45 times with their workhorse, and they take it to the Ravens, and they come out with victory. How big was the chip on their shoulder, James? I mean, like... I mean, it's. I would say about as wide as the Grand Canyon and twice as deep. I I feel like, I feel like they were, they were playing with fire, uh, fire under their ass on uh, on Sunday, and it was it was special to watch. Uh, nothing nothing too fancy on the offensive scheme. Uh, they knew their strength and they they went for it, and that's that's what hard nosed football teams do. They don't do these fancy end arounds. There's no Philly special. There's no. There's no shotgun. There's no wildcat. Honestly, like Johnny Johnny Unitas could have ran that. Could have ran that offense. He would have won that game. He probably still could. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's something to be said about when you know what you're gonna do, and that defensive line knows what you're gonna do, and your big boys up front know what they're gonna do, and then it just happens over and over again. And especially in this era where quarterbacks are throwing the rock 40, 50 times a game. Uh, how refreshing was that it's, it's to hard, see someone just run the run the freaking football, you know? Just right up right up the guts too, yeah. And I just want to say shout out to not only the Titans offensive line, um, but the Titans fullback. I don't know his name, I don't know who he is, but I assume he's just one hard son of a bitch who gets to practice before everybody else, stays after everyone else. Wouldn't honestly, I don't even want to see him bench press. Oh. I'd, I'd, be, I'd, I'd be jealous. It'd be, it'd be freakish. But I think that the NFL all too often these days forgets about that position. I think it's the most important position on a football team is, uh, is fullback. And without a good fullback, I don't think Derrick Henry has more than 50 yards on Sunday. Yeah, it's a lost art. You know, nobody wants to knock heads anymore. No, Everyone wants to be the guy scoring the touchdown. Mm. Pisses me off. Really pisses me off. Absolutely. It does grind my gears. Briefly, my question for you, actually, Mike, which is that uh, everyone's calling Lamar Jackson the undisputed MVP of the uh, of the league, but you know, in my opinion, he didn't he didn't quite look like an MVP on Sunday. Um, what do you think? Is, what do you think that's about? Is it an attitude thing? Are you, are you, do you, first of all, let's go. Let's go before we go in on him. Do you think it's like possible for a run first quarterback to win a Super Bowl in, in this National Football League? Um, uh. I have my thoughts. Yeah, you know, you hate to say never, James, but uh, I, I'm i going to go ahead and say not in my lifetime. If you can't throw the football, you can't play quarterback. And I, and I think Lamar Jackson's a hell of an exciting player. Um, but there's something missing, and he, um, you, throw, you have seven, eight completions in a game. And, I mean, you know what worked during the regular season? Postseason is a different sport entirely. Um. I think he was a little bit too much flash, not enough substance. Um, I couldn't really, couldn't really get behind his, uh, his, uh, his humility. Kind of felt fake to me. I think. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The math just didn't quite add, add up at the end of the day. And guess what? The test came back on Sunday. F. Yep, in the game that mattered. You know, you can put up a couple hundred yards against the, uh, you know, lowly Chargers, but when the big boys of the Titans come to town and you lay an egg like that. I mean, yeah, and I agree. I think that a lot of his runs just had a little bit too much flash, a little bit too much juking, a little bit too much spinning. Um, I didn't love his body language between plays. Um, the second that whistle blew every play, his shoulders would slump, his hands would fall to his side. 
and he'd walk back to the sidelines looking at his coach like his like a like a his dad wasn't giving him a lollipop. Yep. I saw that, that too. That ain't right. That's not professional. That's that's not that's not professional. And you know what, James, if we saw it, then by God the fifty two other men on that team saw it. And you know who else saw it? The other fifty three men across the other sideline, they saw it. And don't think for a second that didn't They started you know. licking their you know what? I don't count him out. He's got a lot to learn. He's a young man. He's a kid, basically. He's a child. He's a child. He's got he's got a, he's got a steep learning curve in, in the National Football League. Uh, at the end of the day, I think he's got a great head on his shoulders, and I think that he definitely has a chance to uh, put in the work. Let's see if he does it. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him throw, I don't know, 15,000 balls a day this offseason. And that sounds like a huge number, but I mean, how badly do you want it? You know, no. We'll see. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds conservative. I he's oh. gotta he's gotta he's gotta completely restructure his life around the tossing of that pigskin <clears throat> as far and as hard as he can. Oh yeah. See That's if he it. does it. See if he does it. Yep, it's up to him. All the talent in the world. All the talent in the world. If we could shift gears here, um, I want to hit on the uh, new Giants coach. Uh, guy who I am just so impressed with. Uh, Joe Judge didn't know a whole lot about him, <clears throat> but he was the wide receivers coach for the Patriots. And I didn't know a lot about him until that introductory news conference. Uh, you see that? It was a thing of beauty. Oh, yeah. thing of beauty. Absolute beauty. I mean, for those who didn't see it, he, he promised to instill a blue-collar work ethic. Um, he's promised to do practices in full pads and right. full contact so we're talking this is in an age when you know when everyone gets a trophy no one wants to practice everyone just wants to make the top 10 on sports center and no one wants to grind out and practice and that didn't do the giants much good for the last couple of years so joe judge is going to try something different how how, uh, how optimistic are you about the giants i couldn't be more optimistic for the future of the new york football giants at this point um you know, when I when I listened to that press conference, I saw a man who had a clear vision. I saw a man who knew where he came from. He knew he knew the fires that had forged him. Uh, I'd be surprised if they, if if anyone on the New York Football Giants is going to get a Monday off for the rest of their career. I mean, straight straight up, this is a man who knows greatness, and I'm uh, I'm fully on board. You know who else will be in there on Monday, James? Joe will be in there. He'll be the first one in there. I can tell that just without knowing anything about him. I can tell that he will be a leader of these men. He's not going to ask them to do anything he wouldn't do yeah. himself. No, I think I think all the all the all the mattress stores in the greater New Jersey area is just wondering which store is going to be the one where he picks out his cot for his office because I don't think he's going home between between July and early February of 2021. Couldn't agree more, James. Okay, so the key for Joe now will be for him to get 53 men who buy into his system. And if some people need to let go, be let go. If they don't buy yep. into his work ethic, his blue collar work ethic, chip on your shoulder mentality, I don't care how, how goddamn yep. uh, uh, talented you are, how much money you're making, what kind of car you drive, you're out. Okay. Yep. And you're gone. Yeah. And you can't have it. You can't have anyone who doesn't buy into the system. And that smash mouth, system and you know what we saw the titans do it to the ravens yesterday that's that's what happens when you, when you buy into the system that's what happens you need full buy-in in the national football league and you know what i i think you're going to get there's going to be some growing pains um 
but I think that, you know, I think growing pains are natural whenever there's a, you know, a huge systematic shift going on. Um, yep. And I, I think the Giants are going to be much better for it, much better for it. And you know what? You know what? It's going to turn some heads in the league. I can tell you that. It's going to turn a lot of heads in the league. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what turns heads in the league more than anything, James, is winning on Sunday. And if, if they, if he, he, he gets Saquon Barkley's head right and he, he gets Saquon to mm. tweet less and uh, spin less and jump less and just run the ball at the gut more. Instead of what they're doing now, I think, again, like just like our when with us and our football coach, you hate them in the moment, and then you look back when you're being inducted into the little place in Canton, Ohio, called the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and then you don't hate them so much. So, no, no. In fact, you know what? You know what? I think you do. I think you love them. I think you do. I think you love them the way that one man can love another man, and I think that that's an, probably the most one of the strongest relationships. Outside of family, and again, we're, we're new fathers, so we're just learning. We're kind of experiencing this for the first time. But the love of a coach to a star player, I think both of us know it. Both of us have felt it. And we take that into our new fatherhood, and it's a beautiful thing. Oh, it's absolutely yeah. beautiful. I just hope I can touch Nathan in the way that coach touched me and the way coach touched you. And he touched all, all over us, not just – you know, one place, but he touched us all over. And I just want to touch my kid and I want to touch Tate. And I hope Absolutely. that Joe yeah. touches Saquon. So. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, I, that's an honor. I, I welcome that. Uh, I think we got some amazing prospects coming in uh, in the 2020 draft. Uh, but here's the thing, Mike. Every time you get, every time the draft comes around, you you can look at it with a sense of opportunity, or you can wonder if uh, if you know the lure of the of the glitz and the glamour of the NFL has made people uh, made certain young men. Maybe it's clouded their judgment a little bit. Um, you seeing anyone who's who maybe popped out a little early this year? Yeah, you know, James, I would like to see uh, the Alabama boy, Tua Tagovailoa, Tua, you know, the kid from Hawaii. He's a He's a hell of a quarterback. He great pocket presence, great vision. He declared for the NFL draft, and I'd like to see him. I would have liked to have seen him come back for a senior season. Um, Alabama didn't have the year that they wanted to have. He didn't have the year that he wanted to have. And I think he's being projected to be picked third or fourth overall. I I, I think that you gotta you gotta go back to school and you gotta finish what you started. And I was really disappointed to see that he was going for the immediate cash grab, I guess twenty, thirty million dollars or something, and instead of finishing when he started with his brothers back at uh Tuscaloosa. I mean it's a sad it's a sad day for any any fan of the Crimson Tide. Um but I think it's also a sad sad day for any uh any fan of the sport of football in general. Um you got Nick Saban who to me is on the is on the Mount Rushmore of, uh, of coaching in general. We're not talking about just college football. We're not talking about just football in general. I think he's, I think he's up there uh, among the best coaches of all time. We can go into detail on that later. But I think that uh, he gave to uh, a shot. You know, He didn't have to do it. He didn't have to do it, but he did. And uh, is this how he's going to wind up repaying that privilege of uh, donning that crimson jersey, 
it just it just doesn't sit right with me personally, Mike. And you know what? After knowing you for these many years, uh, I'm pretty sure it doesn't sit right with you either. You know, I think Tua is a smart young man. I know he yep. consulted professionals before he made the decision. I know he consulted his teammates, his family. Um, I know he talked to Coach Saban. His entourage. Yeah, and that's probably, that's probably supposed to be on That's what I'm concerned about, James. You took the words right out of my mouth. It's yeah. I don't doubt yeah. that his family and his coach are telling him the right thing. I'm wondering what is that entourage getting in his ear or t- trying to tell him because I know those people want to see him make a quick buck, but you know where his entourage goes when he's he's a couple of years out of the league. After two or three years, he burns out. He's out of the league. You know where that entourage goes? I mean, they they run for the hills. So they go poof, they disappear, Mike. They disappear. It's a tale as old as time. Yep. And you know what? You can count on in that moment, you know, you can count on a degree from the University of Alabama. Uh, and I'd love for him to come back and, and get and get that degree and finish what he started with those uh, Crimson Tide teammates of his. And I, I, I can't help but think that he did let them down. I mean, those guys are busting their balls every day, and none of them are first-round picks, and he kind of just left them out to dry. It's... He did leave them out to dry. And he'll, he'll miss the, that time with his brothers. You, know, you don't get that time back. A lot of people don't realize that. It's, you don't you, get it back. You, the NFL ain't going anywhere. You know, you could, The NFL is going to be there forever. What will not be there forever is time with your brothers at your alma mater. What will not be there is winning the game against Auburn, the Iron Bowl, in front of 100,000 people and singing, you know, your uh, fight song after the game with the with the home student section. Like, that's never going to be a, a, around again. And, you know, you just hate to see yeah, so kids right. throw things away and, and listen to that entourage in their ear saying, take the cash grab, because they're getting paid now, but they're going to pay down the road. It's not right. It's not. It's not right at all. There's just so many, so many influences that scare me as a father. You know, bringing a young, a young man, currently a boy, one day a man, into this world, um, muscular uh, and strong, and kind of, you know, a great, a great lower body uh, base that he will have when he matures, when he reach, reaches physical maturity. I know he's going to be able to stand on his own two feet, but these athletes, and this is why we're doing this podcast, you know these athletes are, are showing again and again that these influences are have a way of seeping into the into the mind and into the decision making and I think it really I think the world is a, is a skewed place as a result I agree I agree um, you know and I just hope that when your Tate and my Nathan are in that position God willing of being taken to the NFL draft playing on Sundays like everyone dreams of that they don't listen to their entourage and they do go back and get their degree and they do not forget the school that put them in the position to get drafted in the first place. Right. That's right. Well, I'm, I'm going to be there. You know, I mean, when, when Tate, when Tate goes D one, um, and you know, I'm not going to reveal the short list of schools that, uh, um, that we currently have selected for him at this time. Um, But if, if my son ever has an entourage, it's gonna be it's gonna be his his, his econ professor, uh, his his RA, and a couple couple offensive assistants. I, I I'm I'm dead serious about that. Oh, I'm I believe it. My Nathan's entourage is gonna be me and his mother. So, but you know what? Anyways, we we wish two of the best. You know, we I hope I'm wrong. I know you hope you're wrong. 
and we'll see what happens, but I just hate to see it. I did want to bring up um, uh, recently Kevin Love, basketball player, who we both absolutely Kevin Love. He is probably my favorite um, basketball player uh, currently playing right now. And that's why I kind of have to, you know, begrudgingly say that he was on, caught on camera last week and he was <clears throat> he was yelling at his teammate, Colin Sexton. I guess Colin Sexton wasn't running the play that Kevin wanted to run. And Kevin Love <clears throat> was through kind of a temper tantrum on the court. And he, you know, I don't know what went on, but I just wanted to say, like, that kind of thing, when you disagree with your teammates like that, you got to take that to the locker room, all right? It's just not good leadership. It was a rare, it was a rare slip up from a guy who's uh, played the game with class uh, ever since we heard his name. But you know, I did see that. I did see that he that he lost it. You know, and it's a it's it's evidence of his passion. But uh, you know, when you go back into the locker room, you can have it out. You know, there's some you you say some. You say some some savage things in there, but and and you know I've said it, I've had it. Oh yeah, me. oh yeah. We're, I mean, we're all brothers. But, you know, but, our locker room. I I can't even tell you how many times. I mean, people got in each other's faces, and but you know, it never left the locker room. Yeah, that's what brothers do is they fight. Okay, but you know what else they do? They love each other. Exactly. And that's and that's and that's what a family. That's what a family does. And <laughs> they it, break and they heal. Yeah. And, Go ahead. And no, I mean, a class act like Kevin Love is just even more surprising. I mean, the guy, you know, everyone else is doing behind-the-back passes, and he's he's delivering a firm chest pass right in the belt every single time. So I, I was just astounded to see him um, act like that, and I was so let down. And, and most of all, what it's doing is sending the kids the wrong message because they're looking up to Kevin Love. I mean, Well, here's a question, Mike. Like, if if you're ever at a pro sporting event, say that you were at that game uh, with Nathan a couple of years from now, Nathan's, you know, he's walking, he's, uh, you know, he's obviously got an ex- extraordinary vertical. You're not sure. Maybe he's, he, he could be, could be D1 basketball material. Yeah. Um, we'll see. yeah you I take him so, to a couple yeah. games and you see, no, absolutely. But you see him, you see a player, you know, maybe start dogging it uh, uh, in transition or maybe just maybe losing his temper. Like, uh, like, like Kevin did, are you leaving? Are you, what do you, what's your, what's your course of action? What? Oh no. I, I consider this an activist podcast. We want, we want to make this, the sports world a better place. And I just want to know what, what you're doing, what you're going to be doing in that situation. Cause I think it's going to happen. Oh, it'll happen. It'll happen. First time we go to a game and no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to hide him, uh, Nathan from it. I mean, Nathan, especially for athletes like Nathan, you know, they, you have to show them what's not okay. And when you're going to be one of the better players on your team, like Nathan was going to, you have to show, hey, you see what that guy's doing right there? That's not okay. That's not uh, good leadership. And also, when you have that kind of body language, you are sending your teammates the wrong message, and you're sending the five guys on the opposite floor in the other colored jersey, you're sending them the same message. And you're saying to them, I'm a target. Go for me because I got a bad attitude. And I'll tell you what, when I'm coaching Nathan and I ever, ever see him dogging it like that, I don't care how, that he is the best player on the court. He's going to be sitting right down the bench next to me and he will not be getting his butt off the bench the entire rest of the game. If he ever does that. Fuck. That's music to my ears, Mike. Um, I'd like to think I'd, I'd have the same coaching philosophy, you know, 
I've uh, I've had a few different types of coaches in my life, and you know maybe I enjoyed as a kid playing for some of the some of the candy asses, uh, guys that were you know weekend warriors. But uh, that's not going to be me, um, and that's not going to be you. And we're going to be great coaches to our uh, to our beautiful newborn sons. Um, beautiful baby boys. You know, I'll, I mean they are they're they're, they're just beautiful young angels, hairless hairless angels. Um, not for long though. That hair is going to come in. No, not for. I mean, it's going to come in fast too. It's going to be everywhere. It's going to come in super fast, super thick. It's it's just great to have a baby boy in the crib back at home. Um, you know, I, as you know, my professional situation is such that I uh, am spending a lot of time at home right now, and that's just been a blessing to have uh, to have Tate uh, to have Tate there with me. Um, Oh you know, yeah. Watching old highlights, watching wide world of sports, watching watching kind of YouTube highlight tapes as well. Um, and you know what? I think a big part of that has been the lead up to the um, the Pro Football Hall of Fame announcements, um, which I've been looking forward to all year actually since uh, since last year's announcements. Um, it's one of my favorite things because it's it, this is when uh, true warriors of the game get their get their due. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you get a look at any of the Hall of Fame uh, festivities? Yeah, I did. Um, I liked what I saw. I loved seeing names like Bruce in there. And uh, I also thought that it was just another year where my choice for most overlooked player was not <clears throat> going to be enshrined, not going to get his bust in Canton. I will say, you know, and, you've, and you know what I'm going to say here, James, but it's tough that it's been another year and Bruno Banducci is not going to be enshrined. Crap. Yep. It's, he was offensive lineman for the Niners and the Eagles. All, all pro first team 47 all pro again first team 54 played the game the right way mean as hell just a mean son of a bitch and yeah bruno banducci he uh he deserves his date in the hall even though he's not with us anymore and i'd like to see him enshrined well you know you know he's 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 got a family and kids that uh would love to see his uh his name uh, up there on the, on that on that beautiful wall in Canton. Um, I myself was disappointed for a player that I appreciated throughout his career, um, and I, I harp on this guy a lot. Um, uh, the Dilf, uh, Trent Dilfer, um, hard-nosed player, a competitor's competitor, a guy who a guy who never quite never quite got the extended time in the limelight. Um, and uh, you know, a guy who I think worked so hard his entire career, so so hard, and made made careers for many many people. Um, yeah. You know, absolutely loved by his offensive line because you know he you, you got the sense sometimes that uh, he wished that he could be up there protecting one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And my hope is actually that he we can somehow get him on the on this podcast eventually. I know it's the first episode, but we should definitely aim for like maybe in the fourth or fifth episode to have him on. I think. Oh my God, we get along famously. And you know what I'd love to see um, the Dilf do is drive on down to or fly over to uh, Baltimore, spend a little time with Lamar Jackson this off season, uh, teach him oh about sitting in the pocket, um, reading the defense, going through your okay. progressions. And I'll tell you what, James, in yeah. you know you know this better than I do. The Dilf didn't have a, an ounce of the talent that Lamar Jackson has, yet he's Absolutely. a Hall of Fame candidate, and I think that he has so much to teach Lamar. 
it's amazing how that works, right? Yeah. Um, James, we're, we're running out of time. I have a, uh, actually have a job interview coming up uh, in the next like half an hour that I have to run to. That's so great for you, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it's been a while, so I'm, uh, I mean, we don't need to get into that right now. So let's, let's just wrap it up with the basketball player of the week. I'll go first. This is a segment we're going to do every single week, and we're just going to say a basketball player we saw that stood out. And my basketball player of the week is going to be Gordon Hayward, the uh, Indiana boy, uh, Butler grad. Mm-hmm. He is a current Boston Celtic. He put up 19 points in a W over the Pelicans on Saturday. See, the 19 points didn't really catch my eye, though, as much as two stats that are actually important that tell you what kind of leader and what kind of man you are. And those two stats are turnovers and free throw percentage. And Gordon had zero, zero, count them, zero turnovers, and he hit every single one of his free throws. So it's a... That's 100%. Anyone can hit 100% of their free throws if they put the time in. And uh, and that's what Gordon Hayward yep, does. He, shows it. He, 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 he takes 10,000 free throws after every game. And that's how you... You know, and, and, and he's, he's got the $140 million contract. He's got everything. And he's still putting the time in and shooting those free throws. And it shows up on uh, on the court, on the hardwood. So that's my player of the week, Gordon Hayward. That's a thing of beauty. That's an absolute thing of beauty. I think that's a great pick. And, uh, you know, let's make sure to keep uh, – let's just keep watch on uh, on Gordon throughout the rest of the year. I think he's, I think he's ready for a breakout year. Um, my – Player of the week is actually a former player, current coach, uh, and you know I like this guy. I'm talking about Luke Walton. Oh wow! Uh, right now, yeah, yeah, he had a he had a, he had a great NBA career. I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. And right now, he's a uh, he's up in uh, Sap Town. Um, right now, he's coaching the Kings to uh, a, a sturdy, sturdy 15 and 25 record. Um, and you know, like much like uh, Gordon Gordon Hayward's 19 points, that 15-25 record tells a pretty misleading story. Because um, if you if you're watching the games, I've seen some amazing energy. I'm seeing uh, him bring everything he's got to every huddle. Um, he's 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 got the X's and O's down, and he always has uh, from an early age. Um, he wears a great suit, and uh, you know, I think that I think that those clothing choices really really matter. Uh, in the league right now, just seeing the way that players are dressing, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if that, that if it's, if you find it as offensive as I do, but these guys are all flash, and uh, they're right. It's more important how they're arriving to the, uh, to the arena, than uh, the result they get about two and a half, three hours later. Um, and I, I think Luke is the antidote to that in the league. So he's, he's my pick for the week. I mean. I, I agree. <clears throat> I should bring up though. D- doesn't he have some kind of like sexual assault allegation, or is that still going on? Um, no, no, it's definitely, definitely. Um, and thank you for bringing that up. But um, no, it's over, and it was actually, you know, um, baseless, uh, baseless hearsay. Um, we do live in America, and it's we have a system that was worked pretty. Pretty gosh darn well so far, and that's innocent until proven guilty. And sure. anyway, so we're just gonna do our. And now we do have to. I'm really up against it here now, James. I got that that interview in a couple of minutes. Um, we're gonna do our first first one in, last one out. Player of the week award. And uh, James, if you want, do you want to explain what this is? Kind of what we're talking about here. I mean, this is 
this is your guy. This is this is your rock, the, the rock of your team, the guy who's showing up five in the morning, and the guy who's not leaving until nine p.m. at night. The, the, you can count on this individual bringing effort at a at a hundred percent every single day. And uh, you know, some weeks it's going to be uh, one person, other weeks it's going to be another person. Effort is effort speaks volumes, and that's what this is going to be. So uh, who's your pick, Mike? Who, who who impressed you the most this week? You know I got to go with JJ Watt. Okay, his um his team did not win. Texans lost to the Chiefs. But JJ Watt, I don't think I don't think that guy's been 100 percent in years. And he came out back off of injury when he was supposed to be out the entire year. He he looked at the doctor's uh, recommendation. He crumpled into a ball and set it on fire and ran onto the field to join his brothers. And I get kind of, right. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> I, I do get a little choked up talking about it. The way he represents his team, his brothers, his family so well. And he played his ass off against the Chiefs. And he didn't get the, he didn't get the result he would have wanted. He didn't get the result his team, his city would have wanted. But by God, did he really just play like there was no tomorrow. So he's my first one in, first last one out player of the week. I love that pick. Um, I've always liked uh, his style of play. Um, I've liked his off the field, off the field demeanor as well. Um, my player of the week is actually uh, on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the ball for the Tennessee Titans. Is Hyder, a uh, guy who's you thought he'd been gone again and again and again, consigned to history consigned to obscurity, but he worked his way back, and that's uh, that's Ryan Tannehill, oh. Titans quarterback. Yep. Um, yep. He's been uh, he's been counted out his entire career. He had some pretty lackluster years. Maybe wasn't working too hard. Maybe maybe that uh, Miami sunlight was a little bit too comfortable down there uh, for him. But um, it would be the first one. He's made his way. Wouldn't be the first. No, that's where that's where good careers go to die. In my opinion, I've been saying it for years. Um, and, uh, you know, he's – Ryan Tannehill has uh, silenced the haters and has absolutely demolished any doubt that he is prepared to be a quarterback in the National Football League. Well put, I mean, James. That's, well put. That's end of story. So, um, so yeah, if, if here is where we're going to have a um, segment where we can hear from you guys if you guys want to write in. So for next week. If you guys would please write in, just send us a note, ask us a question, give us a comment, um, anything you'd like. The the email address is dadsfirstfansecondpodcast at gmail.com. Um, dadsfirstfansecondpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll read your uh, comments on, on the podcast. Um, all right, well, that's going to do it for this week. I really enjoyed it. I'm really, uh, really hoping that you just, I mean, take everything you've learned from uh, all the great coaches that you've benefited from and apply them to um, this job interview. I know you will, and, and I want you to text me the second you get out, all right? I appreciate that, brother. Uh, really appreciate that. Um, okay, well, I will um, – we'll, we'll talk soon. And uh, thanks, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll, we'll see you next week. All right. See you. Thanks.